yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Wow, am I excited today because I'm going to talk to you about a business. I'm going to be discussing this with business owners that actually grew during pandemic times. There are a couple of true overcomers, Joy and Brian McCulloch, our husband and wife team behind the Southern California-based Big Wheel Coaching. Joy was a high school PE teacher and professional mountain biker and college basketball player. Her vision behind Big Wheel Coaching was to bring PE to adults by providing structure, feedback, and accountability to athletes. She began BEWC in 2010, and Brian joined the business in 2016. Brian has over 15 years of professional road, mountain bike, and gravel racing experience. Big Wheel Coaching has grown to become the leader in the industry for helping guide athletes to and beyond their goals. Guys, welcome to the show. Man, thank you, Travis. We're excited to be here. And like, yeah, this is such a great opportunity to share, you know, a little bit of our story and that um, like thinking outside the box can be super productive. Yeah, I'm, I'm especially interested in uh, highlighting this right now because <laughs> I know we're both at the same retreat where uh, Todd Durkin declared that this was the end of the pandemic and then we were starting to, I'm like, well, thank you for that, Todd. I've been waiting for somebody to tell us that it was over. Right. Um, and I think though that uh, it's an interesting thing about your business is that sometimes people are, are stuck in an identity and their identity is the problem, right? Like people would say during the pandemic, you know, oh, my business is shut down and this is just a bad time and, and I have to suffer now and whatever that is. Uh, they were telling themselves a lot of stories, but maybe the problem was that they thought that they needed to keep doing what they've always done. I mean, because you had a business that was able to grow during the pandemic. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, you know, early February of 2020, yep. we were, you know, when everything started to happen with the pandemic, we really just, we pulled the e-brake on all things, like that of not operationally, but like, as far as like, we're not going anywhere spending, we're like, what's going to happen? Because our clients, like our business has been online since 2010, Travis. So that's been a little bit of a bonus. Like maybe we were set up in a different trajectory because we don't necessarily have a brick and mortar. Um, but our business is very event-based. So if events are getting canceled, we can't engage one-on-one -on -one with athletes. Um, and also athletes don't have anything to strive for. Mm -hmm. Um, so we battened down the hatches big time. And what we soon found out is that a lot of athletes, and we specifically work with cyclists, needed that structure and accountability and feedback. And dis despite, yeah, and this rudder, despite not having a target event. And I was really able to hinge then on the fitness community because many people who go to the gym consistently or do group X, they're never like peaking for a competition. But they are much more lifestyle based as far as I'm going to work out five days a week. And so that really helped us change our current athletes mindset of like, we don't have to have one target event on the calendar. We made some up so we can get to that later. So as far as keeping people engaged, um, but um, 
that really helped. And then all of a sudden we found that people would coming in, they're like, Hey, I have expendable money because not everybody got laid off. They're not going to their events. So they had more cash and more time and more time. And everyone was going bananas in the house. Right. So all, all of a sudden you have mom, dad, and one to five children under the same roof doing all the things everybody wanted to get out. So even if they knew I have a one hour workout that coach Brian has prescribed for me, the whole family now all of a sudden fell into a little bit more of an equilibrium, mm-hmm. right? And so now you have families maybe getting active together. They're going to piggyback on dad's workout um, or just knowing like somebody's looking out for me and giving me one thing to like hang my hat on every day of consistency. And so we went in, we grew 46% in our client load in, I think the first four or six months of the pandemic. Wow. Wow. Zero marketing. marketing. (laughs) All other fitness businesses were like, oh man, please don't leave us. We're going to be okay. And you know, for those that had clients that were connected, I, I know there were a lot of supportive clients. So I don't want to take away from that, but growth seemed an impossibility to many fitness businesses. And I love your, as you're describing it, you know, your flexibility to say, okay, well, events are going to shut down. And I'm, I'm very interested in how you created your own because uh, at Journey, that's been a big part of our, our business model since we opened. We wanted people to see what they were now capable of outside of the gym. So we'd say, hey, there's a Susan Coleman coming up or hey, there's a Spartan coming up. You know, let's all get a team t-shirt and go do it together and we'll help you through. And we want to cross the finish line with you and that kind of thing. But then we have no events to go to. Um, So uh, I I feel like there's a lot of layers to everything that you just said, but maybe we can start with how did you create events for those that no longer had them? Um, Well, one of the first ones we did is we called it the Big Wheel Benchmark. So you're probably familiar with Strava or, you know, people record where they run, hike, walk, cycling, put it on this social app, right? And there's segments, right? And this segment could be one minute or five hours, right? And so we would go select, say each athlete, I'm going to go select two segments. Okay. So I personally targeted one that's like three minutes and one that's 10 minutes. So you record it. And then our coaches, we looked at the data, you know, we can see your wattage because we trained by power and heart rate. So where did we fall off the pace of this segment? And then we would take like six weeks to custom train them to go back and tackle those segments again. So if my deficit was that two minute VO2 power, then I did some homework. I did some of my training that would focus on improving myself for that, or, you know, the athlete. And then six weeks down the road, it's like, Hey, it's benchmark, big will benchmark testing, go out and do that. And now we're using Strava or these other interfaces, even Instagram to keep engaged and say like, look, I, I, you know, I went 2% faster. I went 8% faster. Or, you know, I, I figured out how to better myself without having to pin a number on or, or, or go to one of those bigger events. And that was a lot of fun. How, you know, you mentioned uh, people going bananas earlier and just, you know, not only did they have more time and they still had some disposable income and that kind of thing. Um, but they also needed some sort of like mental reprieve. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about that. And I know Brian uh, has definitely done some, uh, you know, mental coaching, mindset coaching, if you will. Um, but first I actually want to ask you about your mindset. How much of your mindset do you attribute to your success? And I'll just give this quote. It says, if you believe things will work out, you'll see opportunity. If you believe they won't, you'll see obstacles, right? And so like, do you feel that you had a belief 
from the beginning, hey, you know, we can make this work. And that's why you saw opportunities to create your own events and do different things or do you want to tell me? Oh yeah. 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 Grab, I, I listen, when you started out on the podcast and you were you were saying, hey, you know, some people fall into this mindset and these people, you know, and and I want to start out with my heart goes out to all the fit pros out there that have been just grinding in the trenches to make their businesses thrive and survive through unprecedented times. So please, my heart comes out to you, but I also want you to say like, we got very sick early on of just being like, it's bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. Well, guess what? Everything is bad news. Well, you know, that's all in your perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not trying to say there's not bad things around or things that we need to consider as businesses and, and employers and et cetera. But what I would say is like every economy, okay? And I'm a student of business. So every economy has winners and losers. So just because the economy is losing doesn't mean there aren't winners out there. So do you want to be on the winning team or do you want to be on the losing team? Because I like to win. Joy <laughs> likes to win. Okay. So I'm going to be on the winning team, obviously without compromising our values, right? But we're going to be, we have these skill sets. How can we help ourselves win? Okay. And so what we did was we just refocused on our athletes. Okay. And I think that's super, super important because one thing, Trav, you got to think about about our business in our industry and in coaching, they tend to think of our training plan as a product. Joy and I have always viewed our business as a service. We exist to serve our athletes, to help them see that they have a massive potential and that we can help them close the gap from where they are today to be able to achieve that potential. Okay. So we look at our job as to serve and support. And so when we pivoted to that mindset, all of a sudden opportunity was in front of us because we still had people. Well, people need help. Well, how am I going to serve this athlete and provide value in their life? And so it became very easy to say, okay, wait, an event, right? A product isn't there for them. So fine, we'll just get into this and we'll create this other thing for them. And we will give them a rudder for which they can, right? They can have a small win. They can feel good about themselves and they can see progress when literally around them, the world is falling apart and everything is bad news, right? So they can have a little sliver of hope in this opportunity or in this kind of bad news bears kind of thing. It was, um, so anyway, it was a lot of fun. Well, that, well, there's a couple of great things you just brought up there because, you know, the pandemic may be over thanks to Todd Durkin declaring that, but uh, you know, there's always going to be tough economies, you know, we're in one right now, you know, some people say that you're, you're heading for a recession or whatever, you know, and uh, you know, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And I think that we have a, a deeper podcast that's developing here and it's about that mindset that makes a winner. Um, like, for example, you, Brian, I mean, you're a professional cyclist that broke your hip. I mean, like, you know, like, that could be a reason to stop. Right? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, right? I mean you know, um, I remember being out for a jog with you. I was out for a jog with you. And I was learning that you're recovering from an external iliac artery endofibrosis. Okay, now that was a lot. <laughs> that was a mouthful. But what that means is that through cycling and maybe some repetitive stress, that he had developed uh, fibrosis, uh, a tissue that was putting pressure on his artery, right? And so he needed to have a surgery for that. And now he's out for a jog with me four weeks later, right? So what makes somebody come back from a broken hip to cycle again? What makes somebody out for a jog four weeks later, you know, after having like a surgery like that, you know, um, 
you use the analogy of a rudder too. That that's something I want to go back to. But let's first talk about your overcomer mindset. You know, so uh, what what drives you, Brian, to to come back from things and to see that there's winners in economies where there's many losers and and that kind of thing. Is there an underlying philosophy? Is there a never give up attitude? Is there talk to me about that? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. Um, I guess. You know, I, I had the opportunity to be uh, to talk with another buddy of mine who's who's kind of in this idea of mindset and and how important it is. And I talk to our athletes every day. And, and really what I would share with you, Trav, is like and, and for all you overcomers out there there in your life, you've already done so much. You've overcome so many things. OK, and we talk about this with our athletes and we say, OK, let's say you want to achieve a or whatever that is that go to that event. If you found out that that's a 15 step program where in your head you're like, oh, I'll be there in like three, four five steps maximum. And it's 15 steps. Do you quit? How bad do you want it? What are you willing to sacrifice? Will you keep grinding if necessary? Right. Will you pivot? Will you adapt and overcome? OK, when I was very young, my brother well, I shouldn't say very young. When I was about 20, my brother went into the military. He's younger than I am. He went into the Marines. And some years later, about 10 years later, we were just talking about what it takes to be a Marine. And, and he was kind of telling me, and he said, you know, Brian, when somebody gets out of the Air Force, they're retired. When somebody gets out of the Army, they're retired. When somebody gets out of the Navy, they're retired, right? He's like, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. And I was really fascinated by this kind of concept. And I was like, hold on, Nicholas. Tell, tell me about this. What does that mean? Right. And he was like, well, in basic, we go to this boot camp, we do this, all this crazy stuff. And then there's this thing called the crucible. Right. And that's very interesting because you guys have the overcomers, you have the Phoenix. Right. And so this idea that you could be born again, but be better. Right. That you could burn off some of the stuff that maybe needed to go. Maybe we don't want to realize it, but some of the stuff has to go. And then we could come out and emerge better, better capable, more resilient to do something, right? To achieve something. And so when he expressed to me, when you go through this crucible, you are now a Marine. You're a lifelong Marine. Something had changed. I just, I thought of that. And I thought of that as a bike rider. Like we go through all of this challenge and it's really, you have to torture yourself. And I don't mean that to sound like a negative way. I just mean it like, like you have to choose to step into the ring and take the torture, right? It's not comfortable. Like not people want to be comfortable a lot. And that discomfort is a very bad thing, but yeah. discomfort is, you get better. is good. Like right. if you go to the gym, Travis, and you do a really hard workout and your legs are sore, that means you're growing, mm -hmm. right? That means you're getting stronger. If you've done it appropriately and you recover appropriately, but so many people are like, I, they, they skirt that. They don't want to get into that pain. They don't want to suffer. I want to hack. Yeah. Wanna hack. Like, well, I always want to feel kind of like mm -hmm. status quo. Whereas knowing that if I can feel, if I feel terrible today and I taper and I recover appropriately, that at my target, whatever that is, I'm going to feel amazing. Mm -hmm. But people don't want to go to that point where like, I feel really bad right now yeah <laughs> to be fair I mean, that's really good because i i know me personally during a workout i'll be like oh man i feel like i'm just going through the motions today and that makes me uncomfortably nervous because i realize i'm not going to get anything out of it if i'm just going yeah. through the motions right yeah. I, I need to push my limits in order to have new limits so i like what you're saying there and i like how the the analogy of the crucible Brian. like that that's really good because 
isn't life a crucible? <laughs> I mean, I mean, right. I mean, yeah. we're, we're either burning off this stuff as we go through things, you know, gold is refined by the fire, right. You know, so we're either burning off this stuff that we don't need and coming out better on the other side, or, um, you know, maybe we're making a choice not to, uh, but hopefully everybody's making the choice to proceed forward and come out better. Right. You know, so that's what we're talking about here. Um, you mentioned being a rudder for people. That's an analogy. That That's interesting. Can you yeah. talk to me about that? What was yeah. that? Yeah. Well, during, during the pandemic, what changed was, you know, initially it was like, Hey, two weeks to slow the spread, six weeks to just make sure everything's okay. And then it was like, it just kept going. And so these, we thought of it like a goalpost. Okay. So we are very, um, like event driven. So it's like, okay, well, my event is in 12 weeks and then I back work everything from there. And then I start today and I work towards that 12 week meter. Okay. Or marker. And so what ended up happening is they just kept moving the goalpost, right? So it's like, oh, well, it's two weeks and then it's six weeks and then it's 12 weeks and then it's a year. And then all of a sudden it's just going to keep going and we're just never returning normal, this kind of stuff. Right. And so what we realized is like that, that was like people saw an end and then all of a sudden it was dark again. And we saw an end and then it was dark again. And that was just annihilating people. It was annihilating people. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, hey, your training can be your rudder. We can go for a daily win. And then we realized, wait a second, we're not going to look for 12 weeks and go back. We're going to make our own rudder. And what we're going to do is create our own event. And we're going to say, hey, here's this big wheel benchmark. You want to be better. And, and folks at home need to realize we have this uh, thing everybody can use. And it's called Strava. And what Strava does is it allows me to compare myself to other people like me who did this climb. Let's say in your neighborhood, you have a, a three-minute climb to the top of a hill. There's going to be thousands of people that have done that, right? So I can compare myself to men my age. I can compare myself to all men. I can compare myself to all men and women. I can compare myself to all of those things. So we are able to grade all of this and start and be like, well, where am I? I'm 734th. Okay. I'm in the bottom third. I would like to get in the top half. Okay. To do that, I need to get a minute faster. To get a minute faster, I'm going to need to do these things. Coach, what do I need to do? And then we would go about helping them achieve that. So now all of a sudden you can see a visible improvement because you go, well, I was 734th and now I'm 445th. Ooh. And like that yeah. feels real to you because it is real and you did that work and you can't fake the work. When you do the work, you get the confidence. Like that's the best part about it, right? Like you do the work, you get the results, you feel good about it. Sometimes we got to adapt and overcome and make changes, but that's the beauty of coaching is you have someone that's going to be that rudder and help you, right? Make changes so that we avoid rolling a gutter ball as Joyce. Well, yeah. So like, yeah, the gutter ball, so the rudder. So I teach coaching for our national governing body is USA Cycling. So um, since pre-pandemic 2017, even when I we had our son, I traveled to like Pennsylvania with a 10-month-old and I would teach like coaching certifications. Like, so I would teach the mid-level on how to coach um, the X's and O's of all these things. So one of the big tenants, I was like, guys, coaching is taking your kids bowling and putting the bumpers up. Ah, I like it. I right? like it. So uh, they're not going to hit a gutter ball, but they may get zero pins. They could squeak by and get one little pin or they could get, you know, a strike. They could go all in. Right. But they're never like literally in the gutter. Like, you know, this people are just like, oh, hell, like this is like this catastrophic. And I'm like, dude, you just didn't hit your marks on one workout. Like, it's fine. Yeah, Let's right. reassess and get you back on that rudder. So like the bowling with bumpers things is 
you know, we're like this guide. Okay. We're not micromanagers. People are like, I'm so sorry. I didn't do my workout. I was like, I don't care if you didn't do your workout. Like you should care. Like, don't right. apologize to me. Apologize to yourself. You know, right. it's like the, the workout, the, the coaching or the guidance in that rudder. The other example, like I said, was the the bowling with the bumpers. Like we're not, we're going to help you hold up. We have this little safety net because, you know, we also, we, another thing we did in the pandemic is more, um, psychology, um, CEUs, like, like behavior behavior change management, because all of a sudden we, we were like forced to pivot. We're being pulled into this direction of like, we never talked about the X's and O's of training. Like, did you execute that workout? We're like, how was your day? Right. Like what's going on? Mm. Have you eaten today? Like what's your, cause people started working from home and their nutrition, like just went out the window. They're yeah. eating like cheesy poofs, their kids leftover mac and cheese. And like, it's so much easier. Like when I was teaching out of the house, I, this is all my food for the day. I prepped my breakfast, lunch, and, and then we come home and have dinner. Everything was more structured. And then when I was on summer break, it's like, oh, it's 10 AM. Should I make French toast? <laughs> like, who does that? Like, like you know. Right, right, right. Yes. I love the way that you, you've seen the problems and you've, decided to move towards the solution right like in a way you know we we did that in our gym i was glad uh that spartan brought along deca because i'm like well we can't travel to external challenges anymore but we can create one right here in our gym that we can host and official spartan challenge and you get a time and you get a medal um and i love the way that you said you know there was a deeper need for psychology so you know we adapted for that i mean during the pandemic, that was when I was taking life coaching. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to get into this Robin's Madonna thing and figure it out because everybody's pretty darn depressed right now. Um, <laughs> that's an important mindset. That's a, a super important mindset to say, okay, there are problems, but what are the solutions? You know, I think too often we spend a whole bunch of time looking at the problem, but never talking about the solution, right? Like I, for me, I don't care if it's my team or a family member. If you're going to talk about a problem, I hope that we're also talking about a solution with it. So I I really want to give you guys uh, kudos for for the way that you've approached this the whole time. Um, And and let me ask you this. Let's go back a little bit. Um, 2010, the business began? Yes. Yeah. So I was was teaching full-time phys ed and coaching high school basketball and racing mountain bikes and I had a couple clients in 09 and then I was like, you know what? It's going to work. And then we got married and my overhead was a laptop. Yeah, so. Great. Wow. What a, <laughs> what a great business model too. You know, like, yeah, I, it's funny how often people are the problem in their own business. They're like, Oh man, we're just not making any money or whatever. And yet they're still taking plenty of days off and things like that. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to lower your expenses if you want to make money. And that might mean you have to work more in your business where you might have to get creative. Like what if you're, what if you didn't have to pay rent anymore? What if you didn't have to pay for your brick and mortar? You know, I I mean, what if you just had to pay for a laptop? That's fantastic. Wow. Okay. Um, Very good. And so um, you began this business in 2010. So that means that we're going to be celebrating 13 years in business, right? And um, what's the what's the growth been like? You know, was there like a steady increase? Was it something that, uh, you know, did you feel like there was a struggle in the beginning getting going or? It was, well, that's a great question. Like this, the, it, a lot of it happened very organically, you know, and we're, we've, we've literally never, uh, 
put money into marketing. What our marketing costs were was we have always been in the trenches. So at any regional Southern California cycling is huge. And we both raced at the professional level for a very long time. So I was basically eight years in the pro women's Peloton. So Mm -hmm. people know me. And at the time I had a bleach blonde mohawk. So who wouldn't know you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, stand out. Hey, that's so Mark. Uh, that yeah, is yeah. Uh, Seth Golden Purple Cow, right? Like we're like, yeah. wait, that's purple cow. Wait, that's that's the yeah. mohawk. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, that's joy. And actually, I mean, your hair is um a business expense, by the way. So just so you guys know, you can write that off. Um okay. right. in- for our entrepreneurs here today. Okay. Yeah. Travis, you don't need it for your hair, but um <laughs> I'll expense the razors. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you need a sponsor. But so my, my marketing was entry fees. So like I am racing in the trenches. And at that time I was very, I was strong. And so I could race with, um, in some men's races. Mm -hmm. And once I'm like now, you know, banging elbows with the men's Peloton, they hired me to coach them. And so like there, there's a, there's a certain level of, you know, if you look at the demographic of the people we work with, the majority of our athletes are 40 to 65 year old males. Mm -hmm. And some of that, and now our women's side is growing because we've shifted into different types of cycling. So a lot of people believe like a bike is a bike is a bike, or they think stages cycle spin classes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, we are different in like, there's mountain bikes, there's gravel bikes, there's road bikes. And so we kind of kept it very steady. I think both of us would have like 20 to 25 athletes maybe while we were working or racing full-time and traveling around the country, which was made stuff sustainable. And Brian had worked um, a construction job when uh, he, before he came across in 16. And then honestly, our biggest uptick was in the pandemic. Like, and we didn't know, and that, that pushed us to a point we hired another coach, like a gal that I had actually taught her coaching certification down in Chula Vista at the Olympic training center um, in Southern California and I was like, she resonates and blends with us, with our ethos, like how we work with she people. Serve. She wants to help yes. people. She's she's absolutely lovely and yeah. super knowledgeable. Like she gets it organically. Like she, we think we, we we like to say the make man whole, like the, in, in um, medical facilities, they talk about make man whole. They think of everything, you know, not just like performance driven, right? And in our industry, it's very easy to just be performance driven. And you don't think about, hey, maybe this person has a job. Hey, maybe they have some life stress or, hey, what? whatever they have going on, right? We just think of performance. So we we really resonated with her because she has this, that similar ethos. And it, it's hard to bring, as you know, to bring in staff, right? Of someone that's going to be like, like you watch them teach a class and you're like, mm, that's kind of suspect. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of work to, to oversee that. But then in the pandemic was the first time ever I had a wait list of eight athletes that wanted to be part of the program. Wow. And so like word of mouth is very, very powerful. Um, wow. and, and when you're riding and you see, like if, if, you know, you're out on a ride and you're performing very well, your buddies are like, dude, Travis keeps beating me or Travis keeps, you know, Travis is stronger at the DECA than me. I did my first DECA, um, at Jill Rooks at the energy lab, um, was in October. I almost threw up mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, wow. So, and, hard. <laughs> so, but that, that had, that spurred me to be like, get it together, start actually training again. Cause I've been a little dormant mm-hmm. and. But, you know, you see that thing, like then people are like, oh, if you're good and you're coached by Big Wheel, I want to get in on that too. Yeah. And that's where our roster started to just grow more. And then you know, we're on, we're looking to hire a fourth coach because we're going to wait list again. 
Well, I mean, regardless of, you know, what you're doing, if you have a brick or mortar or not, you know, overcome a nation, I, I got to say this, there were just some great tips right there. One was about not being afraid to stand out, you know, like, you know, whether it's a blonde mohawk or whatever it is, you know, be authentically and unapologetically you, and you're going to attract more people to you. The other one is I love the leadership. I love the leadership, right? Like, I mean, just being in the trenches right alongside somebody performing well enough to where they say, you know, I want what you got. And yeah. that is something that, you know, I actually just met with a naturopathic doctor this morning. And it's about, you know, having good goals for the new year. And what was exciting me most is I was like, yeah, I really want to get in the best shape of my life because what will that do for my members? How inspired will they be to take the journey with me? And that's what you're saying. People are like, wow, I want to be like Joy or I want to be like Brian. And, and you know, because you're in the trenches with them, you're doing <laughs> what you tell them to do, <laughs> you know, you're performing the way that they want to perform, you know, that, that there's a lot to that. That's really good. Really good. It's, it's been a huge asset, I think, to share our suffering. So like, <laughs> this is where I was going to say, Trav, I think for everyone listening, the, the, the real important thing, the nuance that I want you to hear is, uh, and, and please, there's some of this fit pro stuff that I'm just not 100% on. So if I get a little, little bit right, please tighten me up. But like in bike riding, they call it your poker face. And you're supposed to be like, not suffering, not suffering, not suffering. Yeah. I'm right? good, I'm good, I'm good. And so what that does is that creates a situation where everyone's like, oh, well, you're not like us, right? Like somehow you're not like us because you have some talent, right? That has driven you to this level. So if you're beating me, it's based on talent, not because we're two of the same people. Well. This face is not a Hollywood face, okay? Like, like this is a scar from when I crashed on my face. Like, this is not good, right? And so what I'm saying is I'm not afraid to suffer. I'm not afraid to suffer in front of people and be vulnerable and be like, I look like a bag of shit. Sorry, wrong. wrong. But anyway, like, it's okay. And so what I want is like, so when Joy went to DECA and, and we just had the pep talk before, she's like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, you're just going to suffer. Just let it hang out and just get after it. And you would be surprised at all the gals like, you know, Jill Rooks is a total stud, right? We absolutely love her and Sean. And like they, she was like, damn girl, right? Like, cause you can work, right? Yeah. So part of, remember we're from the endurance community. So we can do the work. We, we may not do the work fast. It might not look pretty, but we can do the work. Okay. And so what I would share with people who are overcomers, who are listening to this podcast is like, please, don't be afraid to suffer. It's okay if you look like you're not the best. Like, it's okay. Like, people see me, my athletes are like, I, I rode with one of my athletes when I was, um, just before I got diagnosed with this issue uh, with my leg. And he was in front of me, which is great. I want them to succeed and I want them to eclipse me, right? But he was in front of me and then he like had this bad moment and I came by him and I was like, good job, Smithy. You're the man, bro. But I was like, mm-hmm. Like I was dying and I just didn't think of it because I was just getting after it. And we were going this climb after the race. He came up with two dudes and he was like, that's the dude. That's the dude that was suffering like a dog. That's the dude you want to coach you. And I didn't realize because I wasn't doing it for that. But right. it made an impression on him that he was like, hey, my two buddies, they're not doing it. They need to get on the program. Right. And so what I'm encouraging you overcomers to do is like, it's OK to be vulnerable absolutely okay. It's okay to hang it out there and like get after it. Wherever you're starting today, 
you should just start. You don't have to, as coaches, we tend to, sometimes we get in this mode where we're like, well, I'm here and everyone is here. It's my job to instruct there to do, right? When you do alongside of them, all of a sudden you maybe see it from a different perspective and they see you in a different light and they're like, oh, I got to bring it harder. If I'm going to work out with Brian, I got to bring it harder, right? And obviously, you know, you can only bring so much on that day. So like I said, some days I'm, they know I'm bad and they're just like, oh, well, Brian's bad today. And it makes it feel okay for when they're bad, right? Yeah. So just be human. You don't have to be a superhero, you know? Well, I think, you know, like the, going back to the PE days, right? I could have just rolled the ball out. I tenured, I could have stayed forever and just rolled the ball out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I played and I played and I played. I'm playing flag football. I'm playing badminton. I I love badminton. If I, I'm playing pickleball. I know. Yeah. I, can go <laughs> I did not know. We've been married a long time. I did not know that about badminton. Badminton is so okay. much fun. But, and I have, you know, now with social media and stuff, like kids, you know, I was young. I was 23. So the kids weren't that much younger than me. You know, now if we look historically, they're like five, eight years younger than me, which is not big. And, you know, now we're friends on social media and they say like, Coach D, like, I loved playing with you. I loved the example that you set of doing cool stuff with us. Um, and as I've kind of taken a lot of that, what I did for PE with junior high and high school kids into with my current clients, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, hey guys, I'm doing this workout. I know I scheduled you this horrific workout today, but just so you know, I'm doing it too. And they're like, you know, when I went and did that workout, I thought like, oh man, I can't believe, and they know I'm way less fit. Like I'm literally in the doghouse. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, like, you know, taking me, they know how much I have to suffer to get back and they appreciate it. So I'm not saying like clients, you have to, or coaches, if you're in the industry, just like, you know, flog yourself all the time, but be like, I'm human. No. And the other thing I think that was a big calling card for us is our, we are always on the clock. Mm -hmm. So grocery store, park with my kid. Any interaction, we ride the BMX park with our kid. He's four and he loves to BMX. Okay. So that has maybe three years later, a, an athlete has come and said, Hey, I was in the Peloton with you like three years ago and you were kind. You were firm and you were kind. I would like you to coach me now. And I'm like, Wait, you know, look through my Rolodex. Who is this person? And I'm like, Oh, yeah. There's, I could have been an ass. I could have been mean. I could have been really gruff. I could have been aggressive. But and you were stressed, suffering. Yeah, like, it's this a, is, I mean, that was a choice. Like one eighty, right? That was a choice. And you did that intentionally. Your interactions are so important. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being so relatable because I know that you know if you're listening today, you might be thinking, well, you know, these guys have been professional cyclists. You know, like what do I have in common? And what they're telling you is that you know everybody's going to suffer, and, yes. and the suffering is the gift, right? You know, you uh, don't be deceived. Don't think that the gift is in not suffering, right? Uh, because like too often we think that, well, here's a good quote for you. If we do what is easy, life will be hard. But if we do what is hard, life will be easy. Right? You know, so too often we think the gift is, I'll just take it easy. I don't have to go cycle or I don't have to do a DECA or whatever. But it's when you do those hard things, when you're willing to suffer through, that you can enjoy the, the much longer term benefits of a healthy, long life, you know, just a different perspective. Um, and then just to just to share with everybody that, you know, like there's just, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. So just get started. Like everybody's yeah. suffering somehow. We'll suffer right along with you. You know, like yeah. that's so good. So yeah. good. Um, so yeah. you, know, you mentioned this being online. Um, yeah. Are you serving people beyond uh, Southern California? Like where, where, how far do your client, how far does your client base go? 
Uh, where's Mads? Yeah, well, I have a Netherlands. There's a no, Denmark. 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 I got sorry. He Denmark. Me oh my goodness, you even yeah. serve people in Denmark. Let's go. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, I coached a guy in Singapore for four years. I coached a guy in South Africa. Um, no, we 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 have the opportunity again with you know you just WhatsApp them and we get on the phone. And we talk through the things. We have data. Um, all, a data platform. We have a data platform to be able to look at. Like, there's an opportunity. I mean, it's obviously a much more rich experience with our local athletes, right? But we do have the opportunity to serve people at a really high level uh, virtually, which we are very very thankful for. Well, we partnered with so like our our local region is literally like San Diego to Santa Barbara, which is like. 500 miles. It's huge. Cause you know, a lot of people, some of my, my, my niece from New Zealand is coming today and she doesn't realize that California is the size of New Zealand, you know? <laughs> so like, you know, if we, if, when I lived on the East coast, you drive for five hours, you'd be in five States, you know, but like here it's huge. And so when, when you kind of our pool of say we have road cyclists and not that we, um, that we came to the end, like say we, we got enough out of road cycling in the pandemic, we actually shifted big time to mountain biking. So off-road trail type riding, because it was still open because it was on private land. So uh, they held stuff on. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. And so he was a super cross racer and professional athlete who's never ridden a mountain bike. And I'm like, Oh God, this could be really Let's bad. Let's do some jumps. And so, yes. <laughs> so we got him a mountain bike. And we started racing mountain bikes. And what was cool there is like, all of a sudden you have like, it's at a um, a park, you know, we have to take the RV. And so you can distance all of this stuff is appropriate. And now all of a sudden it's this big family experience. And all we did our, our, our looked at our clients again, it used to be road cycling. And now it's mountain gravel off-road is take eclipsing this one. And so we moved. Um, and, but that's something we're very fortunate to have. We can pedal anything. And so to be like, what surface it's on, let's shift that way because we see what's open, who's, who's playing, who, what, what, who can we help? What pool can can we jump into? And then we spread out with training peaks is what we use. You might've been, um, might be familiar with train heroic, um, Mm -hmm. train heroic is owned by Peaksware, which was, is training peaks. And that is a platform of generating training plans and coach athlete communication and logging. Um, and they have a coach match program that we're part of that has matched us with athletes in Canada, like the oh, Midwest, Mexico, Mexico that, oh, you know, we, we have a little profile on there. It's like match.com. Right. And then we oh. can talk to them with an that's, athlete and that's, that's how he cool. goes. Oh, yeah. I just love how technology is. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I love the way that technology can serve us nowadays to just get more connected people that we never would have connected with otherwise. That's, that's just so awesome. So, well, I think that's a great segue. How can people connect and learn from you guys? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we can go to big, you can go to bigwheelcoaching.com. You can follow us at, on social media at Big Wheel Coaching. Um, obviously, Joy is at Joy on Bike. And uh, I am at BMC, Brian McCulloch on Bike. So at BMC on Bike, anybody can follow us there. Um, you know, Trav, I wanted to talk with you one, if, if I could. You said something, we were talking about suffering. We were talking about being vulnerable. We were talking about like, hey, don't just be human, right? One thing I w- wanted to share with you, because you said something that really resonated with me about people not wanting to be uncomfortable, okay? In cycling and endurance sport in general, we talk about the pain cave. I don't think that's as talked about quite as much in the fit pro space, but we talk about the pain cave. And I always think about this, like new people, they have a very shallow pain cave, very shallow, but they can get in there and they can be like, oh, wow, it's, it's yeah, yeah, they go in there for a little bit and they're like, I'm out, Okay. <laughs> 
Right. But then if you've been there for a long time, you know, like maybe I, I might've brought in a long chair, lawn chair, and then I just sit up there and hang out from time to time. <laughs> you got okay. the cooler. Like, yeah. So what I wanted to share with people is like, it's a trainable thing. Okay. So at first the way, because it's trainable, that means we should lean into it. Okay. And when we lean into it, then we can get better with it. We become more proficient. Okay. And so initially some of the fit pros or somebody might be like, well, man, I don't want to go suffer with people because I'm actually really bad. I'm really starting from like a very, very beginning. And, and I don't want to start there. A, like you said, start today. That's the only way you, you got to start to be great. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I would share with people is if you look at a dock, if you're looking a Harbor or like, um, uh, so what's the word I'm thinking of, baby? You know, like, like a boardwalk, boardwalk, right? Like that, the pillars that hold that up, the waves come in, mm -hmm. they're just smashing. And guess what? They get broken down. They mm -hmm. get broken down and they get beaten. They have to get replaced. Okay. What does the kelp do in the sea, right? Mm -hmm. The waves come in and they wash over it. Okay, so I want your listeners, everyone to do this for me is just think about those two visuals and then think about suffering like it's the wave. Okay, that energy that like, oh, this is painful. If I'm resisting it like the pillar, guess what? It's right. more violent. It's more uncomfortable, right? Mm. Right? Good. If you're going with the flow, yeah, hey, it's uncomfortable, but it ends, right? This wave passes. Another one comes this way passes. And guess what? There's a lull in the middle and it turns out to be like, not so bad. So when you're asking yourself, we said, Brian, you know, you kind of have like a deep pain cave or, or we know athletes that do have a really deep pain cave. How you get there is by embracing those little breaks in between. Okay. That little bit of, of where you're like, Oh, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. I got this. Right. And then you're like, Oh, 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 that's not so bad. Right. And so in your workout, when you're talking about, Hey, I want to bring it today. You're not trying to bring that intensity to every single second of your workout. You're trying to bring it to the critical segments that matter. Right. And so you're like, okay, I'm doing bench today, or I'm doing box jumps. I'm doing whatever it's like for every jump. That's the important, like bring it. And then there's a rest. There's a work and a rest and a work and a rest. And when you become comfortable with like enjoying that little bit of rest, all of a sudden, like, it's not so bad. And you can stay here longer. And when you can stay here longer, you get better at it. And when you get better at it, you become more proficient. You become stronger. All these magical things start to happen. So anybody who's listening, don't think of it as like start to finish 100% suffering. It's a 12 on a 10 scale. Okay. There's like, it's like a wave, right? And so if you just go with the wave and you're like, cool, that's not so bad. Oh, I'm really leaning into it, really leaning into it it's going to help you. So just be like the kelp, let it wash over you and move on. Be like the kelp. Boy, Brian, I think you, uh, that was a great lesson that you just gave me. I actually have a uh, unfinished business with a mountain this year that could go on for 72 hours. And I think you just gave me the recipe for success. So uh, thank you. And for that. It's, called, it's called the Spartan death race, but uh, uh, I only had a couple months last time to train for it. So I said, I'm going back and going to do better. Uh, Joy, any final words for our listeners? Um, just, uh, give yourself some grace, mm -hmm. you know, and especially right now, like it's bananas. Everyone always pretend like, oh, the holidays, like, no, we have a toddler. We have a bunch of athletes that are excited to communicate and engage with us today. And so give yourself a little bit of grace on like your other stuff. Um, and, and don't hesitate to try promote 
a challenge, promote something yeah. and, and it fail, like it's okay. Like just move on. If it was just your time invested, we're very fortunate. Most of our outlier of resources is time and knowledge, mm-hmm. not mortgage payment equivalents. Okay. Right. So, so find those things that your if you build your, it, they will come. Your engagement or your 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 investment is maybe time that mm-hmm. you can put out there and be like, like we've done so many, it's like we throw stuff on the wall. Like, nope, that didn't work. Let's reframe it and do something different. Um, so don't don't hesitate to try something that could be a dud. That's good. That's good. Fail forward. Uh, you yeah. guys have been awesome guests. I love the way that we got to not only learn about your company, but get so many great gems and life lessons here today. So Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank uh, you. Trav, you're awesome. Merry Thank you. Christmas. Thank Merry you Christmas. very much. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas to you. One more time. Where do they go for Big Wheel? So, uh, bigwheelcoaching.com and uh, at, at Big Wheel Coaching. At Big Wheel Coaching. We have a dormant podcast. Maybe we'll re- re- re-bring it to life. <laughs> Only if Travis is going to be on it. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!